have such sights to show you. Don't come any closer. They're behind us. I met this six-year-old child with blackest eyes. listening to Some Daylight Required, a father and daughter podcast dedicated to reviewing the classic and the not-so-classic horror movies, thrillers, or something just a little spooky. And of course, each review comes with a healthy side of general chit-chat. This week we examine the perfect organism, so sit back, relax, and join us on our journey into the depths of darkness as we discuss Alien. Hello and welcome to Some Daylight Required, the best podcast for hypersleep. I am Ray the Munchman Williams and today I'm joined by my co-host, the space cowgirl herself, Emily. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm good. Yeah. And uh, so, have you been up to much since last we spoke? Uh, no, I've been up to a little bit. I've been very social. Um, I've been just hanging out with a lot of my friends and going out and seeing the sun <laughs> something different, eh? Yep. Trying something new this time. Excellent. That sounds good. Good good to get out and see your friends and not just sit in a little cave. I don't sit in a cave. <laughs> I sit on a couch in our house while I play video games for hours on end. All right. Well, speaking of video games then, uh, what have you been playing, watching or reading lately? Well, I've got two for you this time. Mm-hmm. So lately I've been playing a lot of Minecraft Dungeons, which a lot of Minecraft fans will know. It's basically, there's this arch Eladra, I think they call him, and he's just taking over this the whole Minecraft world. It's similar to, like, Diablo, mm-hmm. like, one, like those kind of games where, you know, you're in groups, you fight monsters, and you level up. It's yeah. That kind of stuff, and it's really cool. Um, it still has the Minecrafty aspect of it as well, as in you can get pets with little enchanted artifacts and stuff. You can enchant your items and armor, which is actually really cool and helpful. Yep. And it's, and yeah, it's just a really good game. I love it. The other one that I've been playing mm-hmm. is called Sea of Thieves. Okay. And I know this one was very expensive not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, what's this, what's Sea of Thieves about? Uh, well, Sea of Thieves is basically you're a pirate and you just go along and do piratey stuff. You, I know if you're playing with an open crew, random people join you. Sometimes it gets annoying, especially when um, people don't just stay there and do stupid stuff. But anyway, if you're an open crew, please be nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you just go around, you sort of hunt for treasure, sell it to some random dude. You can make your ship look pretty, or you can fish, which is my favorite part of the game. <laughs> it contributes nothing to the whole game at all, but I love it. So are they like quests or missions you go on or Yeah. Yeah, the quests are like when you go treasure hunting. So they give you like a map and then you gotta go there, find it on you have like this big map in your ship and you find it on there and then you just sail there. Oh, excellent. And yes. can you I'm assuming you can customize how your character looks? Uh yes. You, yes you can. So you, you yeah, can you get can... like new clothes or hairstyles. Yeah, you can get like clothes, hair, belts, jackets, dresses, shoes little booties and, and so you've um you've been playing that a fair bit as well have you yes i have it's quite addictive even though 
sometimes it just takes forever for like feels like you're not really doing anything when especially when you're sailing long distances mm-hmm. it just feels like you're not doing anything and luckily they have a solution for that you can play little shanties on like a what's it like a accordion no it's like this accordion a what <laughs> accordion it's a, where it's got the buttons and you no no, no. It's like it's got like half a piano on it, and you you can just yeah, it like yeah, stretches yeah. out like you know like um yeah, 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 yeah. guess what it's called what an accordion <laughs> it doesn't sound right one one moment <laughs> okay so it is an accordion yep um you can play them you can play little play little banjos and something that's like a cross between a I don't need to correct me again. A violin and a jack-in-the-box, basically. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's just all I can tell from what I can see. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, I can't remember if we actually spoke about this last week, but you've also been playing a spooky game called Five Nights oh, at Freddy's. yes. So, for those of you that don't know, Xbox Game Pass has now let you download the first four Five Nights at Freddy's games for free. So, I took that opportunity, got all four of them, and I've nearly completed one and three. Yeah, is there a reason you've only chosen one and three, or well, like what, what's wrong with number two? Nothing. Okay. Um. So story behind this, I got num. I got all of them. Uh, number three downloaded before all of them because I really like number three in mm-hmm. particular. Oh yeah. It's very painful and difficult, but I still love it. And then I thought, hey, maybe I should actually go back and do the first one. So I went back and I did the first one. I've nearly finished that one, uh, and when I died like eight times on night five, I just like, eh, I'm going to try the second one, and I just didn't even get through the first two minutes of the game before I died. <laughs> that just shows my intelligence. But um, it's definitely a spooky one, and one that's going to give you a few jump scares, so good to watch it by yourself in the dark. Yes, it, um, that's my plan. I'm going to play I'm gonna play it in the dark now. Make it a lot spookier, especially considering when you have... Light just basically flooding in the room. It's not that spooky. No. Anyway, enough about me and my time on the <laughs> Xbox just sitting there and playing games. What about you? What have you done? Uh, well, I have not been anywhere near as productive as you for the last few for the last week. I wouldn't call what I was doing productive, <laughs> but okay. But um, I have actually read the Stranger Things Science Camp um, from one to three, which is Hooray, what, what you, you me. yeah, which you read. Last week, and it was it. So far, as you said, it's very enjoyable. There is four in the series, but number four hasn't come out yet. Or if it has come out, I haven't got it just yet. But um, I think you mentioned it has a very Friday the Thirteenth feel, where they're at a yes. camp and there's a killer going around. So I won't spoil any more than that. But um, if you like Stranger Things and you know you want a little bit more extra story, this doesn't change anything. It just adds a little bit of a filler in on a gap of time period where all the kids were separated because Dustin was off on a uh, science camp, so highly recommend it. Good read. I've also just been reading the uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance comics as well, so it's on the third story arc at the moment they're releasing. So this ties into the Netflix original TV series Dark Crystal, which is based off the original movie, the Dark Crystal movie from the Jim Henson Company. It was a movie that came out in the 80s. This is actually a prequel to that, and then they've also got these comics, which are the comics are prequels to the TV series. Now, unfortunately, they're not going to make another season two of the TV series. Netflix has cancelled it, but 
these comics are like just little extra stories that happened before the TV series as well. So they're prequels to the prequel, but they're really cool because it still includes some of the characters that you meet throughout the series. And they've had two two of the story arcs have already completed and we're on the final final one. So there's like one more of these comics to come out. So that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, I have been watching a few true crime documentaries. They're forensic files, which are I enjoy them because they they only take about 20 minutes and it's very interesting to see ways that they catch these people who have like committed crimes and mainly murders but there are other crimes that they do investigate as well and it's just you know from simple things like that the there's a fingerprint on something that shouldn't be there or the blood should be on top of something but it's underneath it and when they look at that then they realize that whatever put was put there was um put there afterwards so I really enjoy these true true crime things as well, and so it's it's a really good one. This stupid amount of series, it's like nine seasons of this, and I think each season has forty three episodes. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to watch there. So I just if if it's late at night and I'm wanting to go to sleep shortly, but I want to watch something just to unwind. As strange as that sounds, watching true crime to unwind. Yeah, I, I like to throw it on, and uh, that'll be our next podcast that we start after this one. True crime to unwind. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, we'll, we'll just stick with the one at the moment. The scariest part about there being like nine seasons and 43 episodes in each one is they're all different, like, cases. So it's yep. like, I can't do math, but that's a lot of murders <laughs> and all crimes. Yeah, Wait, it is murders a lot. murders are crimes. Yes. That's a lot of crimes. Yeah, it is a lot. And it is sad about how many real crimes there are out there. I know that we watch a lot of movies that involve crimes, but it's all make-believe. But the real crimes out there can be quite tragic. But, you know, it's good to see that in these true crime shows that sometimes the good guys do win and catch the bad guys. But on a less serious note, news, a little bit of news. Since um, we are talking about the movie Alien from 1979, for those who don't know, Disney actually bought Fox Studios a little while ago. So they now have The Simpsons and things like that, which also gave them the rights to the Alien movies. Now... Uh, previously, Alien comics were all done by Dark Horse Comics, but now that Disney owns Fox, they've also managed to get the rights to do the comics. So Disney owns Marvel, as we know, so therefore Marvel now has the rights to do the Alien comics, and Marvel have announced that there's a new Alien comic series that is set to come out in March 2021. So they announced this last week, and... Basically, the storyline that they said, it sees a mercenary named Gabriel Cruz, where he is battling a new deadly breed of the Xenomorphs with the survival of his child hanging in the balance. So that's pretty much all they've leaked, um, or announced, I should say, is that they're, yeah, new series. And from what I can understand, it's not... Dark Horse used to do a lot of their series uh, for the comics of Aliens and Predators were all like four to six story arcs, which are great. Kind of announced the kind of way that they mentioned this is a new comic series. I have a feeling this might be like an a longer ongoing one, so it might might have a much longer story arc and go go for a, more than just four four issues. If that's the case, would be very good. But you know, it's something we'll have to wait and see. So if you're a fan of aliens, as we all are, and if you're a fan of comics, it's something to look out for for next year. But if you didn't pick up on that, because Disney now owns Fox, and Fox owns Aliens, and Ripley is in 
Aliens, Ripley's now a Disney princess. <laughs> That's a very long and confusing <laughs> thing, but okay. Okay, technically she's not a princess in the shows, but she is a warrior. So she could Merida's be Merida's a warrior. So she's she's a warrior warrior princess then. So anyway. <laughs> I didn't think you would count her as a princess though. Depends who you are, I suppose. <laughs> in other news, Disney and FX have announced that there will be a new alien TV series. Not too many facts have actually been released on this so far. All that they've mentioned is that it will be set in the not-too-distant future and actually set on Earth, so it looks like it will be a prequel to uh, the normal Alien movies. So that will be something to look out for. They did say it will be a bit of a thrill ride, and it, yeah, as I mentioned, it's going to be set on Earth, so... Uh, I know that they've had some discuss- early discussions with Ridley Scott, so he might come back and work on it as well and maybe direct a couple of episodes. Who knows, but that's something to keep an eye out for. And um, as we hear more news, we'll keep you posted. Anyway, um, unless you have any more announcements or news, we will just move on to our main discussion. I have nothing else to say, so we shall move on. Excellent. Let's do it. Okay, so as mentioned, we are talking about Alien from 1979. So, Ems, you are our storyline guru. Why don't you give us a run-through of the storyline for this fantastic movie? Okay, well, in the distant future, (laughs) the crew of a commercial spaceship, Nostromo, are on their way home when they pick up a distress call from a nearby moon. The crew are under obligations to investigate it, and in doing so, one of the crew touches an egg in an alien hive and is attacked by a mysterious life form. So they break the protocol and they bring him back on board to the ship to investigate him and what this life form is. But now they must fight for their lives as their biggest mistake could be their last. Ooh, sounds exciting. I'd go see that movie. You already have seen it, like, four times. (laughs) A lot more than four times, but yeah. All right, well... I will now give you a rundown through the characters. The first one is uh, Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver. Okay, moving on. That's all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the only one that counts. No, no. In all seriousness, um, here's a list of actors that were in this movie. So we had Dallas, played by Tom Skerritt. We had, as I've mentioned, Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver. Lambert, played by Veronica Cartwright. Brett, played by Harry Dean Stanton. Kane, played by John Hurt. Ash, played by Ian Holm. Parker was played by Yvette Koto. And the alien was played by Bolaji Baggio. And I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that name terribly. <laughs> Um, well, you're getting better with your pronunciation. I mean, pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Okay. Oh wait, you've got a very important character, Mr. Jones. The Jones. Jones. Jones was played by four cats. He's um, one cat played by four different ones. Yep. We couldn't get the names. We are very sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't find the list of the names of the cats, so I didn't bother putting them into the list of characters. 
Um, he was a very important character, considering he got thrown up against a wall. <laughs> All right, so before we move on and we talk about the storyline or anything a bit more about this movie, I'd just like to throw in the typical spoiler warning that there will be some spoilers. This is a very old movie, so hopefully it, most people have seen it. But if you haven't, just be warned, there will be some secrets revealed during this conversation. So you have been warned. And as we should always recommend, if you haven't seen the movie, pause the episode, go watch the movie, and then come back. Okay, speaking of the storyline of this movie, what are your thoughts? A crew aboard a ship go investigate a planet where there's an SOS or a message coming from which they believe is a distress call at first and then they get a life form on board and then it starts to kill them um well some of them some of the choices they made weren't that smart it's not that smart of a crew right other than that it was a pretty good storyline and movie um i think the whole storyline of you know getting uh distress signal which we're not sure where that came from. Still, they never did. They, they never actually gave a direct answer to where it came from. It was coming from that's the spaceship that yeah, they found. But, but it, and if you remember that, they actually tell you that it wasn't actually a distress call. It was a warning to stay away from the planet in the oh, end. Well, they did the opposite of that. Okay, I don't remember that part, but I have very bad memory. Yeah, it was a bit quiet and it was a bit hard to. to yeah. To... Um. So yeah, they. I think the storyline of. Going to an alien ship, uh, not alien ship, yeah, it kind of is. Going to this alien area, then getting attacked by an alien, obviously, and then coming back onto the ship and destroying everything was a good plot. Um, and, and in this, in their universe, the alien universe, until this point, humans had actually never seen any sort of other alien life form. They'd been out and colonizing other planets and stuff, but still had not actually met another life form so that's one of the big curious things was that there was a message a distress call or whatever it was warning in the end um was being sent out but it wasn't from a human ship and that's why everyone was so interested in going there and seeing it because they knew that this could be the first contact between humans and another life form yes uh what do you think about the storyline i love this storyline i think it it was really good I've been reading the comics, which are taken from the original script, the original screenplay, which is slightly changed, and I can see why they have changed a few things and developed it a bit more, and I think they, they were for the best. Not putting the, the original screenplay down in any way, it's still very enjoyable, and there's not a huge amount of difference, they just tweaked a few little things here and there, but I really liked the this movie and the storyline, you know, it's got the tagline, in space no one can hear you scream. So true, a lot of these horror movies in that we watch, all they got to do is get away from the monster or the killer or whatever it is. And, you know, yes, a lot of the time they're in the bush or in a cabin in the woods, you know, bush and cabin in the woods. Could even be just in a small town. But it's quite easy. They, they can just, you know, run and run and get out of the town, get in the car and they can go. This actually keeps them trapped in there because at first they're trapped on the planet because they've got like... Their, their ship gets some breach in the hole, so they've got to repair that first, and then they go up to their back up into their big spaceship after they take off, and again, they're trapped inside. Yes, it's a big spaceship, but they're trapped on there. They can't just, like, jump in a car and drive to the next town and go, phew, got away from that killer. Their, their only way to survive is either catch the, catch the monster, kill it, or abandon the ship 
basically, which is like one of one of the options that they do come up with in the end. So I thought it was a really good, clever way to have all these different diverse characters trapped in the one location without no real way of escaping because they couldn't just open the door and walk away. Um, so yeah, yes. I, I really I really enjoyed it. Now I have a suspicion, considering you've brought this character up a few times now, but did you have a favourite character in this movie? Well, I did, and wouldn't you know, it was Jones, <laughs> the cat. I loved that little cat. He was well, the cats, because Jones is four cats apparently. Sad, but he is four cats himself. Yes, was... a, as I mentioned to you earlier, that um, yeah, so Jones. The cat Jones was actually being played by four cats, and on the first day of filming, Sigourney Weaver actually came up with a bit of a rash, and she thought she was allergic to the cat, so she was actually going to get herself asked. She was going to tell. She told them to recast her role because she thought she was allergic to cats, and she thought it was going to be easier for them to recast her rather than try and find four more cats that all looked the same that they could then swap Jonesy out for instead, so that ones that she might not be allergic to. But then in the end it turned out that it was the the, the chemicals or whatever that they were spraying on her to, to make her look all sweaty and hot from working inside all the engine room and that. So that's how we found out it was full cats. Wow. Okay, what about you? Do you have a favourite character? Well, no, before we go on there, why don't you keep going and tell us what it was about Jonesy that you liked made him your favourite character. Okay, well, um... I like the fact that Jones is a cat. I just like him that he didn't do anything stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's basically the two things that I like about Jones. I mean, he didn't do anything stupid. He didn't do anything stupid to the alien. He didn't make everything worse for people. Although he probably was the cause of someone's death. Mm-hmm. We'll ignore that. He's a pretty kitty, so that's another score for me. He isn't really in it that much, but he's in it enough to make you love him. Oh, he yes. also gets thrown up against a wall for one part. He he does, if, you, if you're watching the movie, as uh, Ripley is running from the alien trying to get to her little escape pod thing. <laughs> she, she basically throws this cat carrier into a wall. And Thankfully, then- it, from what you can tell, the cat's not actually in the cat carrier. But if it was, it just gets thrown around into a wall and then, yeah, and then flipped over. <laughs> yeah. So in the movie, it's meant to be like he's in the cat carrier. Yes. And if you think about it, he would have just been like thrown up against a wall. He would have just been hit with full force. It's not even like a proper wall. Like it was, he went on a bit of an angle as well because he hit like this door area where yeah, the, the door's doorway, closing. Yeah. He hit that. And then Ripley just turned around and flipped him over. <laughs> like, she flipped him on his back. Yeah, oh, just, God, the poor cat. Although, just... he wasn't in there, but still poor cat. Anyway, so yes, that's the couple reasons why Jones, Jones is the best character out of all of them. Fair enough, that was some good points. Thank you. Um, Do you have a character? A yes. A favourite character? Of course I do. The goddess herself, Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, is my favourite character. Ripley in any movie is fantastic, and so is Sigourney Weaver. But yes, no, uh, Ripley was my favourite character in this. I just thought she... A lot of the final girls in movies, they always start off a little shy and meek and then build themselves up, and then it's it's all about the survival. In this, Ripley already started off as a bit tough. Like, I mean, they weren't warriors or anything. They weren't mercenaries, but she 
she was like pretty much second in command of the ship. So, you know, she was used to giving orders and telling people what to do. And she didn't get frightened or panicked. She just, you know, she used common sense. Like, you know, she was the one that wanted to follow the protocol and keep the alien off. And then they let the alien on. And then she was like, let's kill it. Let's get rid of it. It wasn't, she wasn't breaking down. I, I don't know. I like the final girls. I know it's a bit of a trope in movies these days, but there's a reason. It works. It's good. And Sigourney Weaver played Ripley really well. I think she, she played her as like a mentally mature woman and she wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty. Like even with the, when the things broke down in the ship, she was ready to go down and help the guys try and fix it, even though they sort of started picking on her a bit down there because she's, I suppose, an officer or, or whatever. And so they thought that uh, they didn't really want her down there, but she was happy to go down and try and help and help fix what she could. So yeah, it's, I really liked her as a character and she had really good story progression and she just gets better throughout all these movies as we know because we've seen them all. Yes. Okay, so let's move on a little bit further to another discussion that I wanted to bring up. As I just mentioned then, uh, there are four main alien movies that contain Ripley as the main character. Um, but let's just sort of compare this one and probably just the second one a little bit here. So it's like this, your rant or something? No, this is my rant. It's just something I wanted to chat to you about. So this movie was what they'd probably call a slow burn where it takes a while to get into the action. It's, it's very cinematic, very drawn out, bringing the characters to life. Um, you know, you're not seeing the alien ripping people up, but it's very slow where the second one, they sort of skip over that and move more into a more action movie where, you know, straight away there's the, they, they lost contact with the alien, uh, the, the humans on the planet. They get a team of Marines together. They stick Ripley with the team. They send them to earth and straight away aliens everywhere and they've got to blast their way out. So it's very action packed, you know, a lot of stuff happening where this one was a much slower pace. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you, how did you feel being someone who didn't grow up in an era where slower paced movies were actually the, the normal thing? Yeah. You've come from a generation where you just want to jump straight into the action like that. So what are your thoughts? Like, did you find it a bit hard to watch this movie and absorb it because it was such a slow movie? Would you have preferred that they had increased the pace a bit? Uh, well, I mean, there was like little parts at the beginning that didn't contribute anything to the movie. Like, scenes where you try to just pan around a room, like the camera just panned around a room. Those, to me, didn't seem important. They gave it the feel that it was in space, you know? But I think another thing that would have been better to make it look like it was in space was have windows, sort of. Because mm -hmm. the rest of the whole ship is literally just encased, like there's no windows or anything in there. Yep. It was hard to get into at first, but, like, when interesting stuff started to happen okay after the chest burst scene mm -hmm. where the alien comes out of this guy's chest mm -hmm. that's probably the part where it starts to get more engaging and i like that part more everything before that's sort of boring i guess if they added in more actiony sort of stuff like, they made it once i would say even before the alien came out of his chest if they made that part there, very, like, if there was something else on the ship that, like, if an alien was on the ship, 
before they even came out of his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if they did something like that, it would have been cool. Like, if you didn't see him for a little bit, you know? Just something to make it so that you're not sure if there's something on the ship yet already, or if he has been injured or the aliens come out already. Yep. Something like that, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I get your point. I, I myself, yeah, I mean, the 80s when I was growing up was still a very action-packed sort of thing. Like, a lot of them were similar to, like, Predator. You know, a lot of your action movies, it's like Predator, Die Hard. There was all the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies where it's basically a very thin storyline, but get your guns and let's go, let's go rescue someone, let's go stop the bad guys. Um, And this came out a bit before that where, and that was sort of a thing is that they, a lot of them, a lot of these things were looking for the cinematic view. So, and that's probably why they did those opening shots, which are quite long and it's just going down a corridor. It's showing you the emptiness of space, showing that it's a big ship, but it's empty and there's nowhere to go, but it's all, and it's all quiet. Like the, a lot of those scenes are extremely quiet. So it gives you that sense that you're trapped in space. But yes, I do agree. It is, it's very slow. I, I don't mind it as long as it it does end up building up to something. I agree that they probably could have cut out some of those long stretched out scenes of the just the camera rolling through archways and and that and maybe built more on personality had had the character's development a little bit more. Like I mean, there was um, Lambert's character was quite annoying. She was pretty annoying all the way from the beginning. Um, I think we both. We're quite happy when she finally died. Yes, um, like, no offence or anything, but we all hated her. Yeah, she was quite an annoying character. But, like, maybe if they'd done something to build up those characters, then maybe you could understand why she was a bit more annoying and you might have had a bit more sympathy when she died. But you didn't, you know, or she, she, she was just that typical person who panics under stress and then breaks down and then freezes when the time comes that she could actually do something useful. So I can understand where people come from if it's it is a bit of a slow movie and that's why I think I waited a little bit to make sure that you were of an old enough age to watch it not because of gore or anything else in it but because I knew it was a slow burn movie and I needed to make sure that you would have the attention span to be able to watch it. I still don't but good try. <laughs> good try. But they do get more actiony as they go on but you needed to watch the first one before you you get on to the other ones. Yes. Such a, what's it called? A thing where someone, you have to do something bad before you get the good. That. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the word for it. Some, yeah, let's just go with something bad before the good. Okay, no worries. Alright, well, did you have anything else to add on that note? No, not really. You covered all of it. Uh, so, what was your favourite scene? Okay, so moving on to that. My favourite scene is probably the most classic scene from this movie. It is... When the alien, not the face hugger, which attaches to Kane's face, it's when it actually, the baby alien bursts from his chest. The, chest the alien? Yeah, the, ba- the alien. Uh, the chest bursting alien comes out of his chest, so they're all sitting around eating dinner, having a few jokes. I think it was breakfast. I saw cereal Oh, there. it could, could have been breakfast. They're all sitting around eating a meal anyway, and the alien bursts through his chest and... You know, a bit of blood sprays everywhere. It makes a noise and they're all just in pure shock and horror. And then it jumps off the table and runs out of the room. And at that stage, it's only very tiny. It's about the size of a cat or something like that. It's smaller than a cat, I think. Yeah. Um, but Maybe, I don't know. So, but that was my favourite scene anyway. I thought it was 
everyone looked terrified. The special effects in it were quite good. And yeah, I really liked that. That was, that was probably my favourite scene. What about you? Did you have a favourite scene? Uh, well, I've written down here when they're trying to Jones. So, <laughs> but nobody can Jones more than Jones. <laughs> okay, um, in all seriousness, my favourite scene was when they lose Jones for the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm talking about the amazing cat. Well, yeah, when the first time they lose him and this guy, what's his name? Kane. Kane. No, no, sorry. No, Kane's dead. Kane's dead. It was Brett. Brett. When Brett has to go find Miss, uh, Jonesy and um, he's just kind of just looking around trying to find Mr. Jones, uh, Jones, sorry, um, and is failing horribly getting the cat. He could use some good pointers. But anyway, in that scene he dies. My favorite scene is when he's actually trying to find the cat. That's a pretty good scene. Not because it's, like, aesthetically pleasing or there's, like, good stuff in it. No, 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 just because he's trying to find a cat. Like, there's a whole scene about him just trying to find this cat. Okay. The uh, cat was important for a whole scene. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> you seem very disappointed in my choosings. <laughs> it was a good scene. It's just disappointing in your choice of why it's, like, it's, it's your favourite scene. I mean. There's, I mean, you could have mentioned so many things, like the part where, like, he's walking under all these chains that are wriggling and there's water dripping and the camera pans across and you can actually see the alien hiding up in the chains. You could see that when the cat first spots the alien and the cat reacts to the alien, all sorts of things. You know, it's the first time you get a, a, a probably the first time you get a really good look at the alien. What do you think I am? A psychopathic note? It's all about the cat. Alright, well, speaking of the cat, not really, let's, speaking of the alien, special effects. What did you think of the special effects in this movie? Uh, yes, there was good special effects in this. They did well with the alien, because I know it it was just a costume, Mm -hmm. not an actual CGI thing. I... Actually, on that note, I saw that Ridley Scott actually didn't want a person in a suit. He wanted to try and make the alien... Um, like a full animatronic thing, like a, a giant robot, because he wanted it to basically not appear like it could be a person in a suit. They, he was really against having that, but at that time they just didn't have the capability to create a full-on like robot that could do that. And then it wasn't until they met the actor who actually did play the aliens. Some of the casts met met him in a bar. They just bumped into him, and he was just very tall and very skinny. And like it was, he was like abnormally tall and skinny. And then they're like, "You would be perfect. We could put you in this costume, and you would look like most people would think. How could a person fit in that costume? Because it's so skinny and that. But that's how that's how he got the role of being the alien. Amtrak's never a good idea. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, yeah. So they did pretty well in special effects. I know, like you just said, alien was like costume. It didn't look anything like a costume though. So they did well on that. Um, the special effects for the ship when they land onto the moon, the all the eggs. There's a skeleton there of something mm-hmm. that has like chest rib cage burst, like broken yep. and stuff. Which we can assume by that that means there's an alien running around there somewhere. Yep. So that's pretty cool. That was a pretty cool special effect. But yeah, um, all in all, they did pretty well with the special effects, considering this was made hundreds of years ago. <laughs> 41 years ago? Hundreds of years. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, what did you think about the special effects? 
Yeah, I I thought the special effects were really good in this as well. Similar to like the Predator costume and that, I thought the alien costume in this was really well done. It was very non-human-like. It was very long and agile, like when it moves and runs. Like even though you don't see it a lot in this movie, like you know that it's running through the air duct, so you, it's got to be quite slender. And then its head was very elongated which was amazing as well, um, all based off H.R. Geiger's uh, concept art and stuff. The eggs, like, they were actually done with actual animal parts in some parts of the the egg, like a heart. There was, like, a cow's heart in there or something. They tried all sorts of different things to try and give it a real organic look and didn't look fake, but in the end they had to use, like, some animal parts to actually do the egg shoot and um, have it look realistic. Again, same with the actual face hugger when they're doing that, the autopsy thing on the face hugger at the end. That I saw that that the insides of it is actually made up of like mussels and starfish and oysters and and uh, I think it was like a chicken liver or something. There, so they actually took animal parts and made the the plastic face hugger and then put all these different animal parts in there to make it look like a real organism, like a real creature, and so they could lift up the bits of meat and. I actually read that they had to do it quite quickly because all that, that those like the fish parts and everything would go off because of all the bright lights from the studio lighten it up so it would get quite warm so it became quite smelly so they had to try and do that scene quite quickly. So all in all, I think it was, yeah, a really, really great um, special effects for its time. Did you uh, do some investigation and find out a little bit of information on this movie? I did. Well, in that case, let's move into our next segment, Fact Finders. <laughs> Fact Finders. So what did you find out? Okay, so according to Yafet Kodo, I think I'm pronouncing that right. That sounds good. Um... Ridley Scott told him to annoy Sigourney Weaver off camera so there would be tension between their characters. And Cotto regrets this because he really liked Weaver. Yeah. Well, so that was, as as mentioned before in that scene where they, she goes down to help the guys try and fix it. He was one of them down there and he was the one that was picking on her in that scene the most. And yeah, so Ridley Scott had actually told him to go annoy her outside of shooting to build the tension up so that it was more more plausible. <laughs> what other facts you got there? Okay, us? well, um, Dan O'Bannon's original draft title was Star Beasts. Mm. Star Beast, sorry. Mm-hmm. But he was never happy with this, well, with the title, and it was only after rereading his script that he noted how many times the word alien appeared and realised that it was the perfect title. It works as a noun and as an adjective and has never been used before. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with Star Beast because that sounds like a very sort of corny B-grade movie where alien... Yeah, Aliens. Suits just alien. Bit, yeah, it just suits yeah. it better. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. For the chest burst scene, the rest of the cast were not told that real blood and guts were being used so as to provoke genuine reactions of shock and disgust as it took place. Oh, uh, yes. I'd, I'd heard similar things about this. Yes, so, um, well, I mean, most characters, I've realised that throughout all these horror movies, there's always, always a cast that never gets told something, or something's being hidden from them. Like, with It, there was, like, the whole, they never actually saw the clown, and then 
you know? So that was a genuine shock when they actually saw them. Yeah, and they did, I believe Ridley Scott did a similar thing with this. He didn't let, the when the actor was all dressed up in his alien suit, he wouldn't let them socialise with the rest of the crew. So, like, he, he wasn't allowed to eat with the rest of the crew. So that way they would have a genuine shock the first time they actually saw the alien in the cost, like the alien costume. So um, I think it is a, obviously a thing that gives you a bit more realistic surprise when that first time you see the thing that's trying to hunt and kill you down. Yeah. So all the characters are referred to only by their last name, Dallas, Kane, Ripley, Ash, Lambert, Parker and Brett. So they could be cast as either men or women. Mm -hmm. However, the original screenwriters had never considered Ripley as a female character. Mm. Uh, When casting the role of Ripley, Ridley Scott invited several women from the production office to watch screen tests and thus gain a female perspective. The women were unanimously impressed with the then-unknown Sigourney Weaver, whose screen presence they compared to Jane Fonda's. You don't know Jane Fonda, but she was not from my generation who was quite well-known. Oh, your generation. Yeah. All right, so that's all the facts that I've got for you today. Excellent. That was, yeah, some very interesting facts. I suppose we should move on to our rating system then. So, Emily, is this daylight, meaning that it is super scary and can only be watched during the day? Is it twilight, meaning it is moderately scary, but it can be watched with a little bit of in a little bit of darkness, or is it a midnight movie, meaning it's not scary at all and you can watch it in pitch black? It's definitely a midnight movie. It's really not that scary. It's a little. There's only one scene, the jazz hand scene. So apparently this is set in the future, but they can't tell if anything's above them or below them, which I understand for that time period it was considered cool. Like, good, knowing that something was coming, but they can't tell you whether it's above you or below you. So this dude kind of walks straight to the death, and the scene, the jump scare for that was jazz hands. The alien oh, did little jazz hands. And the alien jumps out of nowhere, and yeah. So even though he's evil, at least he knows some jazz. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, sorry? Yeah. You're good. Yeah, this is more of a science fiction thriller, I think. It's not really a horror it's got a bit of suspense. It is a slow burn, as we've mentioned, but it's definitely not a very scary movie. A couple of small jump scares. I do know from um, reading earlier other facts and stuff that when it first came to the cinemas, quite a lot of people actually had to leave the cinema after the chest burst scene. They were like so disturbed and throwing up or whatever. They're, like the first one of one of the first showings, people would actually ran out of the the audience, which is quite hilarious because. These days, I don't think it's that uh, graphic, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not that bad. Like, uh, you don't really see anything, just a little bit of spray of blood and a tiny head of an alien pops out. It looks really cute for, like, 20 seconds, and then it runs off and it terrifies you. <laughs> it's, like, cute for that little scene, but other than that, it's a terrifying monster. So, yeah, I, I again, agree. Definitely a midnight movie. Nothing too scary here. Yeah. What age do you think you should be when you watch this? Okay, well, um, definitely 18. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 12, 13 above. Yeah. It's uh, maybe even 14 if you're that strict. It's not that bad of a movie. You don't see anything bad. It's not that gory as said before. It's really not a explicit movie. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Hey, I found a word. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so it's not an explicit movie. Definitely like 12, 13, 14 above. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Tw- I think 12 is perfectly fine. Um, possibly 13, but I think I was about 12 or 13. I think I was 13 when I first saw this movie. And I actually watched them a bit backwards. I think I watched Aliens, number two, first. And then saw number three. And then went back and saw number one. Um, I was all over the place when I saw it. Just because of the order that they came out in, and I think I caught Aliens on TV, then saw Alien Three because it came out at the movies at, like later that year, and then I thought maybe I should probably see the first movie and see how it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so twelve, thirteen, it's probably perfect age to see it. Final thoughts: Would you watch this movie again, or watch any other movies in its franchise? Okay, well, yes, I will watch the other movies in this franchise. Franchise, um, yes, I would watch the other movies in this franchise. I might watch this movie again. I'm not sure. It was very slow paced, and I think that if anybody would ask me to watch the movie again, it would be either a 48 year old man, or if my friends had dug up an ancient box from, like, I don't know, whenever this movie was made. <laughs> like, a time capsule or something. So, maybe not watching it again, even though someone somehow got a hold of one of them and actually asked me to watch it, I would probably say yes, but it's a very unlikely. Well, I'm not 48, but I will probably get you to watch it again, because I like watching it, and you're my movie-watching buddy, so too bad. <laughs> no! <laughs> I think... You should probably watch it again in maybe a couple more years. Not so you're actually older, but I reckon just so that you might start your, your taste and appreciation for the slower burn movie might might come into play. So when you're about seventeen or eighteen, I reckon we we'll, we might attempt to watch this again. That's very far in the future. It's like four years. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> so anyway, I can't um, do maths. For me, yes, I would watch this again. I have watched it multiple times uh, since I first watched it. I've watched all the movies in the franchise multiple times, and I love them and Sigourney Weaver as her character Ripley. So, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Highly recommend it. If you don't think your child could handle the slow burn, I would probably wait till maybe they're about 16, even though there's nothing in it that a 13, 12-, 13-year-old could handle. Now, okay, so before we finish up, do you have a horror movie survival tip for our listeners out there? Yes, I do. So if something bad happens and just anything bad happens and you've got instructions, like, you know, let me find a better word for this. Always follow the protocol, like always follow the rules, the set of instructions that you've been given. Never like go against them. They're there for a reason. And when you're in a very dangerous situation, it could possibly lead you to being into an alien or other horror film, and possibly lead you into a, a horror film uh, storyline. Don't do it. <laughs> like, even if there's a slim chance of something bad happening, just don't do it. Follow the rules, follow the protocol, just be normal. So, there you go. Follow the protocols and stay safe. Yes, because bad things can happen if you do something stupid. Yeah, well, on that note, till next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. But most of all, please tell a friend. 
If you have any questions, comments, or review suggestions, please email us at somedaylightrequired@outlook.com. And always remember, be good, be kind, and, and always, always rewind. rewind. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.